This is Liminal Leaders, a podcast exploring the changing nature of leadership in business transformation. We are your hosts, Martin Dowson and Brian Hoadley. And not only are we producing this podcast, but we're also writing a book on liminal leadership. Each episode follows one of two formats. It's either a drop-in session where Martin and I discuss various themes in our book, reflecting on how the topics have manifested in our own practice and where we might take our writing next. Or Brian and I have a discussion with a guest expert or contributor who we want to interview as part of our research. Either way, these are pretty much the raw recordings of our conversations, with minimal editing allowing you to listen in on our working and thinking process. Welcome to another episode of Liminal Leaders. This episode requires a bit of context, because in the background, some things have been going on for Brian and I, which has caused us to have some reflection on how we're approaching our research, and therefore this podcast. Brian and I realised that while we started out with great interest in the multiple layers and connection points that the concept of liminality provides, we essentially boxed in our discussions of it, perhaps unbeknownst to some of our guests, although certainly not to all of our listeners. Thank you, you know who you are. Because of our initial framing around research for a book that explores transformation in organisations as a liminal space. We essentially tried to dive right into the connection to design that we saw and limited our exploration of what we could learn about liminality in doing so. Recognising this, we've had a pivot in how we're approaching our next set of interviews, our research and exploration, and we thought it would be valuable to reflect on that out loud for ourselves and for you as listeners. This is that episode, which will set the scene for the next two following episodes with Andy Thornton, who leads investigations into regenerative business for the RSA, and Ola Gvodz, a data philosopher, designer and researcher into the impact of digital and data on identity in leadership, as well as all of the episodes that are going to come beyond that. I hope you find this episode useful, especially as it comes from a place of self-reflection and listener guest feedback. So please do let us know what you think by reaching out on LinkedIn. And also, if you found this useful or enjoyable, then please pop over to Apple Podcasts and rate review. It helps immensely with the discoverability of this to other people. Let's drop in on that conversation now. I was going to ask if you could try to kick us off on why and how we've changed direction. I, I think the podcast season so far has been a bit of an evolution. We We started strangely in a very fixed place. So the thing, I think the thing I'm finding, the thing I'm finding kind of funny about it in retrospect is that, you know, unlike things like the double diamond where you begin with discovery and you begin yeah. by opening, opening it up, I, yeah. I feel like we, we started at a point where we had already closed it down prior to starting the podcast because we did a lot of planning about what we thought the book was about mm-hmm. and it was, it was in a very defined and restrictive box. Mm. And I think 
looking back on it now, that was just a starting point. That was a starting yeah. point for saying, we think we want to start here. We think this mm -hmm. is what we're interested in. Let's go out and talk to people and see how that goes and figure out where we want to go. And I, I think with each successive conversation, uh, each conversation opened up an extra door or set of yeah. doors. And as we started allowing ourselves to wander through the dark <laughs> and, and open those doors, and, and I don't mean in a insidious red door moving <laughs> way, although sometimes maybe, <laughs> you know, it, I think we ended up, I think we ended up wandering down paths and strands that we just simply hadn't considered at the beginning. And I think where we, where we found ourselves starting with a hypothesis at the beginning around, you know, around leadership, design, transformation, and mm -hmm. liminality's role in all of that. I think what we did was we ended up going on a bit of a journey and that journey became a discovery and that discovery has become something far more expansive than I think we, we had ever realized. So the topic was always going to be much bigger than we, we thought it was. Yeah. But we, I think as human beings and with our own biases had put our own kind of limitations and restrictions yeah. on it to begin with. It's about these things. And, mm. and I think what we, I think what we've discovered in the process is that liminality was not just a space that an organization enters into a liminal space that they enter into as they go through transformation. Liminality itself is a thing that we all experience at given points, given moments of our lives. And so we've kind of expanded beyond it being about an organization going through transformation to people, people as they exist in liminal spaces and what does it mean to be liminal, right? Yeah. So it's moved from, I think it's moved from a very, a very specific outcomes based, you know, <laughs> point A is going to lead to point B, which is going to lead to point C and we conclude X. Yeah. I think it's moved from that to a almost a deeper investigation of who we are as mm -hmm. people and who we are as people existing within liminal moments, liminal spaces, who we are as those people within organizations that are going through change, who we are as leaders that are in between decisions, you know, who we are potentially as practitioners who are maybe moving from one thing to the next. So I think it, it's expanded quite broadly and it's forced us not just to look outward, but to look inward. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I think there was this, I can kind of almost track it back to, Hey, let's write a book because we want to explore this topic and we have these thesis that we kind of want to test out and you begin to think well, what's going to take to write a book. We need to think about what we want to achieve with it where we might want to explore. We all need to do some research. We should probably think about what we want to do with the book so we can map that to the research. 
And then the idea of doing the research out loud through the podcast, it was like, that will be our research vehicle and it will be interesting to do it out loud and see where that goes. Whereas actually, in reality, the exploration and the research should be what drives you towards what it is that you want to pick out from that and, and take into other kind of channels, whether it's a, a structure like a book. The other thing I thought was interesting was, so that was a kind of, it would have been braver and bolder just just to start without the structure and recognize that up front, which I think is really ironic because the thing that drove me towards looking at the word liminal in the first place was somebody I mentioned early, early doors, Casey Rayner, who first introduced me to or reintroduced me to the word, as it were. And um, she reminded me that there are plenty of studies from anthropology of various different cultures around the world where um, the the culture in the society embodies and embraces your own personal liminality. And whether that is a rite of passage as a teenager as you move from you know, child to adult, or whether it is something, you know, the celebration of and the acknowledgement of death in Latin American cultures. You know, everything you just said is what was kind of, is where the where our understanding of liminality comes from at root. It's a very human and personal thing. And, and you're right, because we were interested in change in organizations, we kind of boxed it into a organization thing. But I think... The, the blessing for us was that we knew that we would, we knew that we work and are surrounded by change, transformation, people, design people. And so we knew that we wanted to get some perspective from them. So we had this idea of talking within, talking to some people within our community. We also wanted to extend beyond that. And the first people that we picked, Cheryl and uh, Maria, I think both you know, Cheryl was a, a really good call to why those within the design and the community that we know need to think beyond and wider using systems thinking. And I think that was a really great point and very useful. Maria, I think was, you know, she really took us into, yeah, but this is about change and this is about change as people and the different way that people turn up in change. And I think then we had these other two topics that we knew would be important somewhere along the line, which is, you know, ethical challenges in business, how businesses navigate things and how we might need to change education to help people with these spaces. But by the time we were talking about those things, we'd already kind of hit that point. And Maria was the point, I think, for me that shifted the mindset. And we, at that moment, we knew oh, we need to be looking just like Maria's been looking at you know, who is involved in change and who is existing, living through, navigating liminal spaces. It's the people, it's the humans. And then, I mean, literally we had, what in terms of episodes that are coming, a, a listener reach out and say, hey, you know, I'm looking at identity in liminal spaces and leadership and this is really interesting okay, yeah, this is it. This is what we need to do. We need to just say, who else should we talk to? Who else should we be exploring with? Where will they take us to next? 
and Ola reached out and uh, and said she's in our next episodes coming up. And yeah, it's been an interesting kind of pivot point. <clears throat> I think there was, yeah, Maria's episode, I think was that moment for me. I don't know about you. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting because we almost fell into that almost, we did fall into that classical trap of having an idea, getting mm-hmm. excited about the initial idea. And then going out and using research to validate that our idea was the right <laughs> way of thinking. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and, totally. And so, and so, so instead of using research, we had the research bit right. Let's go out and, you know, use, you know, let's research in the open and let's see where it leads us. We did always say that, right? Yeah. But having said that we also fell into that classical trap of using the research to validate our initial thinking (laughs) and sorry folks we you know we're all fallible yeah yeah and you know it happens to all of us you know at at some point or another but i was really excited when we realized that and we're like oh so we're actually gonna have to we're also gonna have to talk about this (laughs) like how did that happen and why did that happen? Um, and, and what have we done about it? Um, I'm, there's a, there's a moment with Ola's episode that's coming up where I think I will ask her, like, where should we go next? And Ola talks about her own research into identity and leadership as being like a, a mystery, like a detective mystery. And, She's, she is the detective in her own mystery story. And so I think I asked her, like, where should we go next? And what, you know, and I think that's a really interesting idea is that with every one of our future guests is to say, where would you point this to next? And it might not be the, that's the very next episode, but somewhere down the line that, that suggestion will slot into our, I think, I, you know, when we first mapped a lot of things out, there were, the, the complexity of the space was clear. And then we just tried to pick out a route through it, which is exactly what I said. I'm frustrated with transformation programs doing is saying we're going to go from A to B in this direction. And that, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> Can't right, believe it. <laughs> we kind of did exactly that. And we've given a, a living example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> of why we're talking about this subject in the first yeah. place, I think. I wonder whether people will feel it the way that we felt it. I don't know. I think certainly some listeners will have done. But I think we went... Some listeners have pointed out, you know, that if we're talking about liminality, are we being liminal enough? ourselves are we yeah. are we challenging ourselves to to be liminal enough which is good because we were looking for we were looking for that kind of challenge from all quarters really either our yeah. guests or from our listeners and you know we're kind of getting that challenge i think we're getting that challenge in both spaces and it's how we're adapting to it that's interesting i don't know if our i think while some listeners will have picked up on that I think it will start to become more apparent as some of our future guests yes. episodes are. And I, th- I think 
if people then cast their minds back to the beginning and think yeah. about the journey of the podcast, they'll yeah. start to they'll start to see and understand and maybe see a bit of the journey that we've gone through in in doing this together. I think the a really good framing for us is coming out of the conversation that's coming up with Andy from the RSA, where he was really clear with us that I mean, his particular topic area is regenerative business. He, he said that there are a lot of messy edges and it's really hard to, in fact, in some cases, it's not possible to define definitive answers to the challenges that we face now. Um, they have to be explored. They have to emerge. And you can't define them now, which is kind of our whole point. And he was asking me before we recorded, I said, are you guys comfortable with that? And I was like, this is exactly where we're at right now, <laughs> um, which is that's exactly the space we need to be in. We had defined a little bit too much up front. I think Andy's one certainly starts with that. Ola has got a fantastic theme of this mystery that, that you need to continue to explore and where different experiences with liminality turn up for people in their lives, which I think is really interesting. And then, yeah, there's a heck of a lot more to come, I think, in who we can and should be talking to next. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the original mirror board for the book has certainly feels like it's slowly sliding into the archive. There's so much structure. <laughs> so many boundaries. It, it feels too restricting yeah. now, you know, it's too, it's far too restricting. And I think now we obviously are starting with a, a clean sheet of paper for the next iteration, I suppose, mm -hmm. of our thinking. And the good thing about that is that is that it's taking us into places that we hadn't really ever considered that we would go. Mm -hmm. It changes our hypotheses, I would imagine. And What's a good example for you of place we didn't think we'd go that is coming top of mind for you? I think the conversation with Andy that's coming up certainly took me into a lot of different spaces, thinking about the edges of systems and, mm -hmm. and how things, how things at the core can, can drive sameness, can stunt decision-making, can solidify existing systems into place and cause people to you know, make small change within the construct of a, a very large oppressive system that they feel like they sit within. Whereas the, with, you know, this idea of abundant edges, you know, you've got this, mm -hmm. you've got this whole way of thinking of systems coming together and things coming together and how there's a lot of chaos at the edges. And out yeah. of that chaos comes the possibility for new thinking, new ways mm -hmm. of doing things, innovation leaders who can maybe come from those edge spaces because they're used to dealing with chaos in a way. Yeah. So they're yeah. more, they're broader. These are individuals who are maybe broader generalists mm -hmm. and, and that, that allows them to be a little bit less bounded in the way they think because they're kind of used to having to adapt and change and learn and listen and and deal with lots of different things simultaneously 
as opposed to they're trying to implement, you know, a three, five year strategy that has been set. They're in a steady state environment and maybe things are changing around them, but they're changing out there somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. But the people who are out there somewhere in the middle of that change are very interesting, um, interesting people to talk to. And I think talking to those people and identifying those people is going to be part of, I think, where we are going to want to go. We're going to want to go out to those yeah. edges and see who they are and see what they have to say. Um, and I'll, I'll use the analogy one more time. So it reminds me of Asimov's foundation, <laughs> science fiction foundation series where, you know, empire is dying and foundation yeah. sets up at the edge of empire mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and and, and at way out there at the fringes of the edges where empire doesn't think anything has any significance whatsoever is where mm -hmm. everything that is important is happening. Yeah. And so, absolutely. and so it's, I, I just, I find the analogies, I, I, I find the analogies between that interesting would make, it makes me really wish that Isaac Asimov were around today and I could go back and talk to him and say, you know, talk to him about liminality and He'd be a guest that I would love to get on the pod. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely>. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I think he's written about this. He's written about this system. He's written about this collision of systems and collision of ways of thinking and what happens at the fringe and that sort of thing. I don't know. I, just, I want to get Harry Sheldon on. <laughs> I want to get Harry Sheldon on and, you know, just, you know, this person who is kind of understanding the inherent, you know, the, the, this balance between chaos and predictability, but predictability at a certain scale, but not at another scale. Exactly. You know, lack, you can't control for the individual, but they, they, they have some sense of predictability beyond that. I think there's something interestingly in the foundation story and you know that I haven't read the books. Yeah, I'll try not to give much away. Yeah. So I'm only watching as far as everybody else has watched so far, but the idea that there was some inevitability to elements of, of the upending and upturning of things that's going to, that's going to happen. And it may also be an, an inevitable and necessary stage to go through. And I think that draws immense parallels with some of the things that we're talking about, especially when we're talking with Andy, especially about regenerative business. And we touch on things like, Kate Roweth's Donut Economics. And in that, there's a reference to another podcast, Alistair Campbell and Rory Stewart interviewing her. And this moment where Alistair Campbell seems to kind of go, in order for us to affect this systemic change in how we look at the economy, wouldn't that require a dictatorship? And you can just hear Alistair Campbell going, I can't, almost going, I can't believe I just said those words. Could I have even conceived of that? Because he can't think of how it could change. Kate can and can think of other ways in which he can change without that. But he couldn't see that. And I was in not thinking, not that I'm thinking about dictatorships, but I did find myself, as we're talking to Andy and to Ola, still having that moment of, but how do we fix that now? How do we, you know, so what do we do? What's the solution? I still wanted to kind of know what do we do? And some of the answers to this are what we do is we get more comfortable living and being and existing and being flexible within the liminal spaces because you can't control from the center this is the point right and and 
I think this is the biggest thing I'm going to take away, I hope, from all of these explorations is living up to that thing of saying, if you're comfortable with change, are you really comfortable with change? Are you comfortable living in change? And what does it take for you to be able to do that? And I think that's one of the things I'm hoping to learn from is I think I have expressed critique at some leaders saying, oh, we're great at change, but by fixing what the steps are and therefore being comfortable. And I, my reflection on the loss, on where we or getting to this point was, I also tried to fix things by going, if this, then that, or, you know, let's talk about ethics so that we've got a framework. Let's talk about education so that change happens. I, those are all really important conversations, but I think they're conversations to have when you've also explored and understand the the fundamentally uncontrollable nature of some stuff that's going on right now. And the thing I've taken away from your reflections is you keep talking about the messy edges. And I really, I'm very interested in that as well. What happens between the systems on the edges? And I'm, I'm hoping that some of our guests will help us understand that, what it's like to work and live in those edges a bit more, because I think we'll all take something away from that as well. I, I think we'll, I think we'll know where we're getting close when we realize that we're continually in really uncomfortable territory, but we're okay with that. Yeah. We're not trying to define it. We're not trying to, we're not trying to wrap our arms around it. We're not trying to bring it back to earth and, and ground it and define it. I think when we get into really well and truly uncomfortable territory and we're okay with it being open-ended with there being infinite possibilities with the idea that there there aren't any easy definable solutions and there are lots of ways in which this could go and it's about recognizing that and we can sit in that space and actually feel okay with that as opposed to it makes us feel really tense and a bit of anxiety um, yeah, because yeah. I can see you trying to say, yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll be sitting there thinking, but what are we going to write about it if there's no end to the book? What if. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But where's the arc? I need to know what the arc is. Uh, yeah. The I narrative need to know. arc. I, I, yeah. <laughs> if we're talking like a three act thing, are you telling me there's no third act? <laughs> there, there is but it, it's co-created it's co-discovered and you can't know what it is yet yeah exactly and that's and, and we it's not just about acknowledging that and recognizing that it's about being comfortable being in that place i think i heard in that interview with kate Roth about constantly being somebody who is pushing for a different way of thinking and potentially with some guidance on how we might get towards it, but in a situation in which most people can't conceive of or map to your thinking, and, and it's really hard. You know, it, it's so hard that many people would be saying to you, "Not possible or won't happen." Highly unlikely to work. And I think there was a comment that came back that said, "I, I just made a decision that I would rather be trying and working and exploring." than deciding that it's not worth it because I, I don't like what that looks like, right? 
I think that's a really interesting perspective, which is something, I mean, Maria talked about activism uh, as well. Yep. And that kind of mapped back to that. There's, there's so much that I think that all of our guests so far, you know, have mentioned in some way or another the need to be comfortable in trying to do things differently, even in the face of uncertainty. Clive's offered up some really interesting hope that people are looking for different ways to be and even inside large corporate organizations, even when it scares them, they're still asking, which is interesting. Maria talked about activism. Cheryl's talked about, you know, the tools that designers can pick up to be more comfortable with looking at systems and system thinking and Kenneth's ethics. You know, he was really clear on, you know, that these are principles and, and kind of value-based approaches, but there's a combination of governance and systems, but there's also some things that are softer and messier. But this is a better way of dealing with those things than not having those ethical frameworks in place. So I, I do see where we're heading. To I see lots of stuff inside those interviews, but it's interesting. I only see it now, not when we were talking to them. Yeah, it's, I think because we've picked up additional ways of thinking, additional paradigms, additional language. along the journey that allows us to go back and interpret or reinterpret the prior episodes that we've had. I mean, I think about, you know, getting back to, you know, Kate Raworth and donor economics, just this whole sense of, you know, it's about having enough, you know, when she talks about people thriving, it really, that really, that's really stuck with me in a way because it's made me think there are whole paradigm shifts that society and organizations would need to go through to accept that way of thinking that we don't need, we don't need to, we don't need to necessarily, winning means something different, I guess. So we have to redefine what winning means as, as an organization and as, as people, as humans, as leaders, because if we define it as making more profit than our competitors, being bigger than our competitors, you know, being more than our competitors. That's not the kind of winning and thriving she's talking about. She's talking, you know, she's basically saying, you know, maybe GDP is going to be less in, in a more balanced world, but that's okay because within the context of that system, people are thriving. There's less waste. There's less expenditure of Mm -hmm unnecessary resource and capital people are taken care of in a better way um people are able to you know they're able to thrive within the context of being uh, a better a better friend to the planet and to one another and it's just interesting because it just means we have to shift away because even you know organizations and corporations we talk about you know we talk about shareholder value being a key driver of decision-making in the C-suite, right? And, and that's so singularly focused around, we're trying to return value to a set of, a a very small defined set of people, right? Mm -hmm. To make them happy. And therefore the decisions Mm -hmm. that we make are fully bounded by making those people happy, right? And giving them what they feel they need. I, I find it really interesting when, when organizations like Apple report Mm -hmm. higher earnings than the market expected, but then their share value drops because people think, 
oh, we wanted more. Oh, that's not enough. You know, <laughs> and, and, and yeah. then I think, wow, you know, even our success measures are out of whack because if you exceed, if you exceed analysts' expectations, even if you exceed analysts' expectations, the market can still see that as a failure. They can still see that yeah. as, as a negative. They can see the downside in that. And that says a lot about where we've gotten to as, as human beings, as society. When even hitting our targets, even exceeding our targets isn't good enough, right? Mm. Um, it's going the wrong direction. And I think what, yeah. you know, I think yeah. what she's saying is that we need to change that model. We need to change that way of thinking. And, you know, and again, these are people, you know, she's someone who's come in from the edge, right? Mm-hmm. She's kind of a Harry Seldon sitting out there, you know, yeah, talking about yeah. these things and, yeah. and, you know, and empire's not listening, <laughs> you know, it's not listening. And the thing is, you know, you can, you start when you listen for, when you listen, you hear those voices. If you listen closely enough, you begin to hear those voices. And if you think deeply enough about it and you allow yourself to be challenged in the right way, you find that what you are doing is opening yourself up to infinite possibilities. You're basically saying that our systems and our ways of thinking can be wrong. Mm -hmm. They may be wrong. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we need to be open enough to consider... A, to consider that's possible, yeah, that those things are wrong, and B, to be able to then step into the void of, if they are, then what does that mean? What's next? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think it's a really interesting acknowledgement to, to understand that the true change will come from the edges. That's not to say that there can't be change that happens in the center of some of these systems or organizations, but anything that's driven from inside and inside the center is not really acknowledging enough that organization or that system placed within a wider context. And so it can't, can't be truly transformational. And for, for me, that's one of the, the things that leads back to this constant use of the word transformation in an organizational context where we all go, you know, it, they just mean changing from A to B. They don't mean transforming because transforming would be a huge thing, right? So I think it's going to be some really interesting observations over the, not just like in this, what the work that we're doing, uh, this podcast, but over the next decade or so inside society organizations whether for profit or not for profits whether you know societal or, or corporate and how they handle change because i think that it's going to be a lot of external factors that are going to force things at paces that people might not be ready for and those who are comfortable operating in the messy boundaries um, are going to be the people we need at those moments and, and that's, that's my thinking well, hist- and historically, if we think about it, we we call these things disruptors. Yep. yep. You know. Yeah. You know, we when we look at business, we talk about things like you know, I don't know, Netflix and Blockbuster. You know, mm-hmm. 
we talk about, you know, Uber and traditional taxis and, you know, we have lots of, we had lots of business examples, but I think what's happened is we're not just talking anymore about just business. We're talking about the planet, no. right? Yeah. And, yeah. and the planet, the, the thing is, if an industry is disrupted, then industry is disrupted things will reshuffle and change and we move on right and we kind of quickly get over that change and we adopt the new thing and the new thing becomes part of the core right it come in mm -hmm. from the edge but it's become part of the core now we can survive those things but now we're talking about planetary scale change right we're talking about climate change we're talking about things that that when they disrupt, they're going to have the kinds of impacts that we, we may not be able to recover from so easily, right? Mm -hmm. And if we're not, if we're not careful about looking at, you know, the fact that we're, that our human constructed systems are part of a larger system. And if we don't acknowledge and accept, you know, when we talk about human centered design, we should be talking about, you know, people in planet centered design. We need these things, these systems that we've even created to be expanded, to be inclusive yeah. of the larger systems in which we operate, which we haven't created, over which we mm -hmm. don't have the kind of control that we think we do. They have control yeah. over us. And we can impact and affect and divert those systems, but not in a way that we probably want to yeah. Um, yeah. over time. So I think... You know, the, there's a lot of, there are a lot of things to, you know, there's a lot of it, things that we need to do in terms of expanding our thinking. And, you know, as we talk about expanding our thinking and being open and, you know, learning to be more liminal, it leads you into these almost higher level, higher order philosophical thinking paths that <clears throat> yeah you need to it, it's allow yourself to drift into. Yeah, some of these things were there on our original kind of board of, you know, topics. And I think what we did, we ended up taking a very boxy slice through things and then, and we'll come to those another time. I think now what I'm really excited about is having the conversations that turn up, um, being totally comfortable with, you know, so a lot of this conversation is predicated on the fact that we had this kind of insight specifically, I think it started after Maria's episode because she was talking about people and change makers. And that reminded us that we're, that it's the people that we want to explore with. But also because we then had Andy and Ola conversation, which for listeners is coming up after this in the next releases. The idea then that, you know, we might and probably will want to talk about topics like biomimicry, topics like donut economics, you know, topics like, you know, self-organized systems of governance, whether that's in politics with citizens' assemblies and things. We will want to talk about, you know, the where people are exploring lim liminality in those edge spaces around things like climate change. My gosh, the list is, you know, it, it is endless. And I think that's what's really exciting. It's just not, I think what we were doing before was trying to go, 
what should we do next and which episode should we have next and why versus, oh, that was interesting. So now what? And actually every exploration that we've had with Andy and Ola has probably listed about three or four different things that we could now go off and look at. And that's now the backlog, as it were. And uh, that's what I'm kind of excited about next, which is, so these next two episodes coming out and seeing what people's feedback is on the conversation about regenerative business with Andy and identity in in leadership and uh, in, in liminal spaces from Ola and then where we go after that. So I guess what we're trying to say is, you know, get ready because we're about to change things up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's really exciting. Really exciting. Cool. I think the other thing to ask really is, as people listen to this, is, you know, a little bit like Ola did, which is reach out and and say, I, you know, I think you should look at this or have you thought about this or, you know, what's interested me about these conversations is these things. Have you thought about exploring that? And, you know, the answer should be yes and, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Feel free to reach out to to challenge. Um, yeah, please, and and make suggestions or recommendations because we do listen and we have listened, and mm-hmm. it's the reason why we're continuing to evolve what we do here. Yeah, yeah, great. Looking forward to it and to everybody's feedback and, and comments. Just. As always, as I always say, I'm just hoping it's useful to people. You know, um, that's the aim. I, you, we know how it's useful to us to do this exploration for ourselves. I'm hoping that in sharing it, it keeps us, it keeps us on our toes about where we should be going and, and gives us the best chance to do that exploration. But I also hope that it's useful to people along the way. Yeah, in the same way it's been useful to us. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Right. Onwards and upwards. I think we'll leave it there and look forward to the feedback. Yes, and thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for listening. Hit that follow and that and that subscribe and wherever it is that you're listening. It really helps us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Liminal Leaders. If you want to learn more about this podcast, its hosts or guests, go to liminalleaders.com. We'd love to continue the conversation with you, our listeners hear your feedback about this episode, thoughts about who we should talk to next, post questions you'd like us to consider in future conversations, and as always, suggestions for new and interesting cocktails to get us through the long nights ahead. Thank you for listening. Thank you.